Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are Emancipation Disc 2 Part 2. We are Emancipation Part 2 Disc 2? We have embodied it. That's right. (laughs) I don't know if I want to make that claim, actually. (laughs) But we are covering it. We are here with it. We have steeped ourselves inside of it. Oh, that's and true. Have thoughts. Yes. We filled up a tea bag full of emancipation <laughs> grounds and boiled some water and poured it over. Uh-huh. And put a folded paper towel over the cup for <laughs> That's how right. Long? Three minutes? Four, Two, four usually. Minutes? Okay. That's what I usually do for tea. Great. It all depends on the type of tea and blah blah blah. Yeah. But before we get started into the music, I do have a possible alternative idea about a song brought to us by Annie. Thanks for sharing the information that you read. I'm not entirely sure if it's accurate, but... I'm going to say I'm pulling for it to be accurate. Me too. I'm on the side of this theory. That's right. The theory is that Curious Child was inspired by Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet that came out early 1996. And the photo in the booklet, the like the pictures and words from Emancipation booklet. Like words and words, photos and lyrics. I don't know. Is that what it is? Words and pictures. Words and pictures for some letters and <laughs> visuals. I don't know. Words and pictures. The lyrics for Curious Child are on a photo of a balcony, which is, of course, the most famous scene, usually, of Romeo and Juliet. If you're going to see like a snippet of it included in another show, it's almost always what light through yonder window break, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. So, possible... I love the theory. I'm going to go with it, and I can enjoy the song a little bit more. (laughs) Yes. So um, I may have a little connection that disputes that a little bit later, but we can make that our own headcanon so that we might be able to enjoy the song. So Don't play with my emotions this way. (laughs) In we go. We kick it off, second half of disc two with... Track seven. Uh-huh. Joint to joint. Joint to joint. No, this is not a pain specialist for your back woes. <laughs> this is a song. That's right. The liner notes. Wear a condom. Safe! Exclamation point. I'm pretty sure he's saying later that he would never do such a thing. What? Wear a condom. Oh, well, I don't know. It was on one of the NPG Music Club tracks that we covered. Props and Pounds. Oh, I don't I don't recall that. In Props and Pounds, Prince raps, and I quote, with con as the prefix, suffix be the dumb, C-O-N-D-O-M. Uh-huh. Look at them both and tell me something. What's in the Trojan horse lubrication? Nothing goes in my woman except the sun, capital T, 
Capital S. Con is the prefix, suffix, beat a dumb. Look at them both and tell me something. What's in the Trojan horse lubrication? Nothing goes in my woman except the sun. Okay, well, I mean, when did that come out? It was 2001. Mm-hmm. After emancipation. Okay. I think we've long covered and stated that Prince often contradicted himself. This is just one little part sure. here where that is the case. Sure. All right, then. Had you forgotten that? I had forgotten that. Like, oh, man, I can't wait duh. to do a one-second challenge oh, for Christy. God. Anyway, so we hear tap dancing in the song. We'll get to it in a little bit. Hopefully we'll mention it again. I'll put a little clip of it in. But it's longer portion of what we also heard in email. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Uh-huh. And this is by Broadway star and child prodigy Savion Glover. Uh, Gregory Hines said he could arguably be the best tap dancer that ever lived. He that was, is some high praise. It is some high praise. He was in Bring Into Noise, Bring Into Funk mm-hmm. in the 80s. or No, I'm sorry, in the mid-90s. Prince Slot was a fan, invited Savion after the run of that, had him do some tap dancing for Prince to record at Paisley Park. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like... What does joint mean? Let's talk about all the meanings of the word joint real quick. Which one? The first one or the second one in the title of the song? Yes. Okay. Any of them. Yeah. Because joint means a lot of things. So it obviously means, you know, a bendable part of your skeletal anatomy. Yeah. It also means casually a place. The joint is jail. Uh Uh-huh. A point where materials are bonded together. It could mean marijuana. Yep. Uh, it could be a song, mm-hmm. especially rap or hip hop, that are often called joints. For sure. It could be a film. Mm, yes, a be- Spike Lee joint. Exactly. Yeah. It could be genitalia, most specifically a penis, but wow. not always. Get it- off my joint with all these <laughs> definitions, Christy. It could be a shared account. Oh, okay. like, like a joint like chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and depending on the context, it can be almost any place or thing. Yeah. So while the song seems very sexual, and I think it is, mm-hmm. it's also got a lot of room. Sure. To mean a lot of different things. Oh yeah. I mean. Hey, I'm a caterpillar, but when I come out of this joint, I'm going to be a butterfly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a chrysalis. It's right. anything, right. depending on context. Yes. I had never thought of it that deeply, but you are absolutely right. Uh-huh. It does. I kind of saw it as either songs or human anatomy. Okay. And this primarily where my headspace right. is here. Yeah, but, you know, but let's is... kick it, baby, joint to joint. It could be one dirty dive bar to another. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be doing it. Yep, doing it and doing it and doing it wild. Uh huh. Yeah. Now there's the sex me. Yeah, the little sample, uh, sample from, at the beginning. Uh huh. From ninety nine. Which is um, from a song called Burns One. Or Simlac. Okay. 
An unreleased song, right? Unreleased yeah. as our... Well, not exactly. The lyrics, the Poet 99 performance yeah. ended up on an album by somebody who I can't remember. Okay. Um, a group that she had some uh, work with. All right. The... lyrics and performance ended up on another song, but with an entirely different musical backing track. This I need to hear. Well, I couldn't find it anywhere. It's not on Apple music. It's not on Spotify. I can't, I couldn't find it on. Didn't someone share this with you at one point? Not that. Okay. Yeah. All right. We've got 99 unreleased songs, but that ain't one (laughs) is what you're saying. So she says, sex me, sex me. I have a confession. Yes. Miss misheard lyric. <laughs> For years, I thought it was sex fiend. And after I went back and listened to it, when you slipped me that little ditty, I could see how you would think uh-huh. that, especially in a song, Joint to Joint. Uh-huh. And I thought it was sure. really funny. Sex fiend. Yeah. I'm like, But yeah. then I, I've always, well, since the NPG Music Club, around props and pounds time, when Sex Me Baby, or Sex mm-hmm. Me, Sex Me Not came out, it made me think of this song, too. Sure. I also wanted to point out that the beginning of the song, Joint to Joint, which could be like his home, you know, right. his place, you hear a door creaking open like you're entering Prince's lair. Uh-huh. He's opening the door to you, and he whispers the first line, right? Like it's the secret location. Uh-huh. If you want to, we can kick your baby joint to joint. Uh-huh. If you want to, we can kick your baby joint to joint. <laughs> It's not only a secret location, but it must be near places that could, you know, be eavesdropping because uh-huh. he kept it on the down low. And there are synths and these scratches mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing that I think a lot of times, like on Chaos and Disorder, seemed um, not out of place, but almost overdone at times. And here, mm-hmm. because of the different production style, it sounds like it fits a little bit more. Sure. But anyway, Sex Me. It's very fun. After making Quizzical... Rhyme with physically. Physical Lee. Uh-huh. Before I'm out the wax too quizzical. Let me just say that you are physically the most tone one I've ever seen. <laughs> You're making me proud to be a human being. You're making me proud to be a human being. It's very fun. <laughs> yes. I think. Yeah, they missed out on doing the fun spelling of B-I-ing uh-huh. at 39 seconds <laughs> in the lyrics, for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, and Prince's little aside, him saying, safe. Sex me. Yeah. Safe. You know, very emotionless uh-huh. kind of thing. Is It's a cool sample of yeah. himself. Yeah. Self-sampling. Prince put some stock in human genetics in verse 2, saying... So first, I need a picture of your mother to verify the fact that there's not another one uh-huh. in the universe so supreme. So first, I need a picture of your mother to verify the fact that there's not another one in the universe so supreme. If it's not you, my dear, it must be the one from whom you came. Uh-huh. Because there are certainly no other females that he feels are most attractive. That's right. The only one who could possibly be prettier. Her mom. Her mom. Yeah. That's right. Who might be more age appropriate. Oh, for, for Prince himself? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. He yeah. was still a relatively young man at this point. In his 30s. In his 30s, but... Yeah. <laughs> or like four, if you count the name change. Oh, as there a you go. <laughs> then he was so much there. too young for Fine. either one of them. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's lots of whispering again throughout this song of, yes. you know, if we're ever naked in the same machine, I'm on a lick it, baby, joint to joint. Uh-huh. Yes. And I wonder if machine isn't a, a reference to endorphin machine. Yes. Or love machine. Uh-huh. Or love machine. And if we're ever naked in the same machine, I'm on a lick it, baby, joint to joint. There was a moment here, too, when I got a sense of some Morris Day seduction at one minute and 43 seconds, where he, again, kind of aside, says, oh, yeah, I got some hot sauce. Sex me. Oh, yeah, I got some hot sauce. (laughs) You know, like, here's an example of there's a buildup, right, for joint to joint is the chorus. Right. And it's not until a little, like, two minutes into the song that you get these kind of asides or extra peppering Mm -hmm. whereas in sex in the summer i felt like he was a little overzealous with his ad-libbing from the very very start yes yeah yeah i didn't feel like the sex or the summer had simmered (laughs) enough but you feel like the joints have the joints have settled in yes Mm -hmm. yes there was enough of a blunt end here to (laughs) get me to accept it okay there were very, very 90s Prince-sounding keyboards in here, especially like just after two minutes. There's some keyboards there that are so very indicative of mid-90s Prince. This is mid-90s Prince. I mean, it is, so, but yes. it, there was, it was very... Much that sound. Okay. I thought this song has like a clear three parts. Part one goes up to like in a minute and 57 seconds where you can hear him half singing, come upstairs to my uh, room. Uh-huh. Kind of like the little half laughing. Door sound. Uh-huh. And at two minutes and one seconds, I'm like, this is part two. There's a, mm-hmm. that cool synth line and it gets more electric and the song kind of takes off with the bam, 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 bam. And that's where 99 makes her appearance here with a guest rap, which I will say up front is one of the more successful guest rapping oh, that absolutely. you would hear in a Prince song. She's super talented. Oh, very original. First of all, fun lyrics, uh-huh. with smartly written, uh-huh. and a very, at first, almost tough-to-follow cadence. Right. I mean, a little like a verbal performance of what Savion Glover does with his feet. You know, it is yes. on the beat, it is on point, it's in time, but it's still very unexpected uh-huh. and original. Yes. She had a very, like, poetry slam performance mm-hmm. sort of vibe to her. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it's just because I grew up, you know, in my teens, having that be a part of my life and things that friends were doing. So I went and saw it often yeah. live that I really kind of love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sad that it wasn't more popular. Yeah. The it was lyric- sort of like this underground coffee shop thing. I mean, at least to a point it was popular enough to become immortalized. And so I married an ax murderer, but <laughs> well, my yes. 
best friend in high school was on PBS huh? doing a poetry slam That's poem cool. thing. It was awesome. I mean, I think people still know what a poetry slam is. Sure. I don't know how regular it is. We have a college-age son, and I don't hear him talking about going through the student center and seeing a poetry slam happen. Yeah, but he's not at school at night either, so... That makes a difference, I think. But the lyrics for Poet 99's rap are not in the booklet. They are online, though. Y- yes. So, yes. And I, I will also admit, this is not quite on the level of Sex Fiend, but just <laughs> when I first listened to the song in 1996, when the album came out, and you're this rabid Prince fan, you're like, oh, finally, a three-disc album. Yeah. Uh-huh. You sit down to listen to this. I did not like follow along in the booklet. I was just listening and I thought, is that, this kind of sounds like Queen Latifah-ish ish in oh, a way. Sure. And for a while, I thought that that's who it was. Oh, I mean, okay. not, not for a long while. Plus, she's busy like equalizing stuff. Now. <laughs> <laughs> mm, and then, you know, then we have the tap dancing by Savion Glover, which is just, it's so incredible. We- It is. Again, like just like play a beat and have this guy dance. I would love to see like a photo of how they set up the studio Mm -hmm. to give him space to dance. What kind of rig there was for recording. It was just a microphone on the floor. What did they do? I mean, but it's it's really cool. I mean, I know it's not the first time you hear tap dancing in a song, but it certainly is the first time on a Prince album that you hear it. Maybe with the exception of email, which is the same thing. Um, same disc, so that's true. Yeah. Same portion. I also did not ever hear until listening to this very, very carefully at the end of um, 99's, actually, before 99's rap, when he says joint to joint at two minutes and 16 seconds and two minutes and 27 seconds, you can hear a sample of 99's first three words I never suck. From before the line is even said, twice, it is kind of, uh, I don't know, it's like a time warp. Yes. It's a foreshadowing. It it happens also after her rap, also in post-shadowing at two minutes and 58 seconds and three minutes and nine seconds where you get joint to joint, I never suck. And it kind of just is like, it's Uh there, but you can't really hear it unless you're paying very close attention. Oh, so fun. But it does sound like, I think it is Savion Glover at three minutes and 26 seconds in the middle of his, the tap performance, you can hear, ha! (laughs) This like, either him, you know, screaming or he's like super into it physically Uh or he's having a great time, having fun. And I I like to think that it's Savion Glover, but now that I've looked up and found that he is on Twitter, I may tweet and ask. Oh, That'd be great. Come on. Let us know. It's been a long time. That's right. At three minutes and 53 seconds, there's mm-hmm. in the right channel a sample of something. Yeah, a speech of some kind uh-huh. is what and I wrote And it's really down. difficult to understand, but it ends with nothing comes for free. 
So I missed the first line. There's something there, and then I hear, for those who want to change, but nothing comes for free. So I went back and tried to hear the first part, but it's sort of buried in other in other things, but uh-huh. it's not credited anywhere. No, I have no idea who it is or what it is, no, what it's, it's from. It sounds like the way that Martin Luther King Jr. speeches were sampled sure. in Prince Song. It has that that sound of like a vintage recording but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I do know this though. Four minutes and two seconds is where part three of Joint to Joint (laughs) kicks off. I think that it should be called Joint to Joint to Joint because there are three parts. Uh The drums continue like, but the song changes direction again, gets sort of of like dark and foreboding sounding and Prince starts you know, singing another verse appears and he's singing in falsetto, which uh-huh. is different from how the song started. So it's, again, this unexpected turn that gives it a lot of life and keeps me interested through the eight minutes of length of the song. For sure. He and Maite refer to nappy hair a couple of times. So he You're says right. it here. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sitting in the corner in her underwear and he's going to pet her nappy hair. Uh-huh. Sitting in the corner in your underwear Let me caress your nappy hair And he's her nappy-headed pappy in Latino Barbie doll. You're right, yes. You can be my nappy-headed pappy And I can be Latino Barbie doll Come to life Which... I don't ever think of either of them appearing with nappy, nappy hair. That's They're I'm very thinking, like, put together people. I'm thinking design. there's got to be like some messy hair in the morning. No, probably so because yeah. there's a lot of product and uh-huh. there's probably a lot of activity before sleep happens. <laughs> so that 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 sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to point out we have heard these spacey sound samples throughout a lot of music that we've covered Mm -hmm. at four minutes and 25 seconds and four minutes and 30 seconds. There are these intergalactical almost again, sounds like from Jamiroquai feel so good. Yeah. Type thing happening. Even a little throwback to the 1999 era. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you light my candle, we can share the stone. And if you light the candle, we can share the stone. Yeah. Yes. What have you got there? I'm like, oh, let's talk about what other songs have had candle euphemisms in them. We can funk, playtime, the sun, the moon, and stars, incense and candles. All of them have candles as euphemisms for genitalia. Right. Stone, there is Heart of Stone, mm-hmm. which we have heard. And leading up to Flames Flames of Desire, Sweet Gypsy Moans. Mm-hmm. Flames of Desire, Sweet Gypsy Moans. Sweet Gypsy Moans. We get a chance for some of the best Prince guitar and screaming. On this album, right? Five yes. minutes and 21 seconds when we get the yeah, yeah! <laughs> and like followed by the dirtiest guitar solo we've heard on the whole record so far, halfway through it. Everything's been kind of 
smooth and clean and like undistorted. And the song tears that all up. Sure. Sure, sure. I, I felt like gypsy moans were a reference to something, but I couldn't find what they were a reference to. Mm. It feels like something he was familiar with, but I could just be wrong reading into that. Don't know. I think of gypsum, which is something completely unrelated. Yes. It is a stone, though. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) So I keep thinking, wasn't this disc... Right. Okay. So Prince said this is about sex, love, and liberty. And I almost feel like it's disc one, disc two, disc three. Okay. Sex, love, liberty. liberty. Okay. A love letter to Maite or a story of them falling in love. Uh huh. So if that's the case, why is he turned off by how quickly his seduction of the woman he's sharing joints and joints with? turns her into thinking they have a deep connection. At five minutes and 49 seconds, he's kind of rolling his eyes. Oh, now you think you're my soulmate. You okay. don't, you barely know me. So I don't think he's talking to Maite there. Okay. I think he's, this is the last of the playboy. Joint okay. to joint is him going out, hitting up the ladies. All right. He's not sure he's been wanting to commit. He feels like that's the right thing. Then he gets kind of cold feet. Now he's mm-hmm. out pursuing this. And and he realizes this woman whom he wants to have intimate relationship with physically doesn't know him as a person at all. And that's why right. he gets all mad. You don't even know what my favorite cereal is. Wrong, Captain Crunch. Yeah, it doesn't even give her a chance to answer. Right. right? Whatever you're thinking, it's not right. it. It's not, it's not Captain Crunch. That's not what you're going to answer. And certainly not with soy milk. Now you think you're my soulmate. You don't even know what kind of cereal I like. Wrong, Captain Crunch. So he's skeptical of motives. Well, yeah, especially you'd probably take me for half, which, you know, uh you want to marry me and take half of, then divorce me and take half of what I've got. Uh Uh-huh. You just want me for my acres. (laughs) That's right. With Captain Crunch in his mouth. As he's chewing, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You'd probably take me for half. You You don't don't love me. me. You're a faker. You just want me for my acres. You don't love me. Yes. You don't faker. And the reason I think that is because we get a very fun bass guitar after that. And then there's this little skit at the end. Like he's getting in his limo and calling his girl, presumably Maite. Okay, he's trying to put this behind him. Right, and he's, he's ready to settle down. And he means it this time. Yeah. He's said it before, but this time he actually means it. Listen, I need to get what you get what you get. No, I mean for no, I mean for, I mean for good, for good, for good. I'm serious. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And he's trying to literally get out of here. Yeah. But why say that? And then I mean, he's in a car, so he doesn't. And he's by himself, right? So why does he have to essentially hang up on her? Let me call you back. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Click. I don't listen, know. Listen, listen, listen. I just gotta get out of here. That's all. That's all. Let me call you back. That's a good yeah, question yeah, yeah. that I don't know the answer to. But that's that's my understanding of okay. the song. If we're looking at this as a whole like relationship timeline, you know, he's realized 
in previous songs that they have this, he and Maite have this connection. It makes him afraid. He's going out doing inappropriate things with women he barely knows when he theoretically should be with somebody else. And he finally Mm -hmm. is starting to realize it. This is the last of his playboy before he decides he's going to go ahead and do all of the committing. I have no reason to argue with you, dear. Um, I did want to point out that Prince's longtime engineer at Paisley Park from 93 to 2001, Hans Martin Buff, is believed to be the driver of the vehicle, whether mm-hmm. it be a limo. I would think that it would be Prince's car because I don't think most people walked around with cell phones in 1996. Prince probably did, but um, he had someone else carry it for him. So right. I would well, think that that would be his enormous. vehicle. Yes, and Prince did not have pockets often. No. But unlike most women I know, he didn't seem to miss his pockets. There's a lot of pent-up wardrobe anger there, but I feel your pain Mm -hmm. with pajamas and jeans even that are lacking pocketability. Mm -hmm. Or at least adequate pockets. Sometimes you have pockets and they're just too shallow to put a phone or even a pair of keys in. I don't know. If you can't fit your hand into it, it's not a pocket. It's a a fold. (laughs) Okay. But... Speaking of having his mind changed about illicit relationships, now he's ready to commit in the Holy River. Very much so. The liner notes, Anastasia slash the Holy River. Yeah, yeah, so epiphany time. Yes. Uh, It's the second single from the album. Yeah, had a video. Mm -hmm. Yes, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. We sure will. Um, This is the first song, too, in a while that he actually did perform live for a little bit Mm -hmm. um, throughout 1997, really. Right. Well, I think maybe because it was a single. Oh, sure. It got some radio airplay. It was one of the few songs that people who were coming to see him in 1997 who were really not familiar with the Emancipation album... Like on the Rosie O'Donnell show, right. for example. Yes. So if there were people who weren't familiar with this enormous album, but they may have heard The Holy River. I had completely forgotten or perhaps never knew, uh, thanks to Prince Vault, that Borders offered a single of The Holy River free with any purchase. So you went in there to make a purchase and you got a single, which is also kind of fun partnership. Mm-hmm. Good marketing. And also that tape included Welcome to the Dawn, which would show up on The Truth, Mm -hmm. not on the forthcoming album The Dawn as advertised on the cassette, though. Right. It starts with very pretty piano. Very short, but Uh pretty piano. Yeah. Falsetto. whole song's not falsetto but it starts in a falsetto and has it occasionally it's interesting he talks to himself in the third person throughout most of this song i wrote down the same thing that he sings longingly and i think directs all these words at himself yes and it's interesting it's almost like a way to separate himself from things that are maybe hard to talk about okay like 
you did this. Like, this is his other twin. I don't yeah. know, the lusty one or the sane <sighs> one. I don't know which one. But one twin is talking to the other. Yeah. Yeah. True. It was easier for him to sing about things he did wrong by definitely drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm not that person anymore. Right. Like, almost like, <laughs> to, to a slight degree, I don't have to apologize for this because that's not even me anymore. <laughs> mm. That's fair. Really fair. Yeah. Uh, There's yeah. some great 70s falsetto type singing soul Soul singing, I mean, Uh throughout this whole thing. Yes. So at some point, I thought, used to think, Prince singing about seeing the picture on the wall, one eye staring at nothing at all, the other one trying to focus through all the tears. I thought, is he looking at framed albums, platinum albums, perhaps the one eye that's on the vinyl sticker from 1999 that was also used on Chaos and Disorder, but you don't see the other eye in those pictures, so I think he's just looking at older photos of himself. Sure. There is a, in the video, which I saw only briefly, Mm. um, not, I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. I'm sure you're going to love that episode, but can't wait. <laughs> he's standing next to a painting on a wall of a single eye. Okay. So mm-hmm. that may give us more context when we get to the video portion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he is kind of doubling down on this faded love with Maite. So over and over you ask your soul, why'd you come down to a world so cold and the voice inside says, tonight, the truth will be told. Yeah. So over and over, you ask your soul, why'd you come down to a so cold? And a voice inside says, tonight, the truth will be told. You will find the reason you are here. Yeah, the, that he is here in this context of this song, the whole reason he's on the planet is not to make music. It's to meet my take. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he's definitely placed her above any and all other things. Right. Especially in the second half of this disc after he's joint to jointed. Uh huh. For sure. And, uh, man, this is tough. People say they love you and they want to help, but how can they, when you can't help yourself? People say they love you. I'm like, that is bleak. He is physically and emotionally, you can't do everything yourself. You need help from other people. And, you know, instead of facing his problems, he then goes and has a drink and sees a band. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of a bleak way to look at life that how can anybody help you if you can't help yourself you have to be able to help yourself first no that's why other people are around he kept this mindset for another 20 years through 2016 when there were people who were there trying to help him and he could not admit a weakness or an addiction or pain whatever it was Mm -hmm. so i think that's definitely uh 
a line to pay very close attention to. Mm-hmm. Yes, I for sure. But it's a little sad. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a song that doesn't get to uh, fulfillment and happiness until this reflection on, you know, a sad way of living. Because he does seem to come out of it, right, towards the end of the song after it hits him like a fist on a wall. Uh Uh-huh. I did write down, stop here, and here's something that's always just grated on me a little bit. And it has nothing to do with the song, the lyrics, but... There is a swirling sound on every S sound that Prince enunciates. It's like slightly garbled or swirly. I've never known if that's a flaw or on purpose, but you really start to notice it on the next line. So here we go again with self-analysis. Mm. Every one of those has got kind of this flutter, almost like he's singing through a fan. So here we go again with self-analysis. Have another glass of um, and it's throughout this entire song that I it just is, it. I mean, and I hate to do this to you. If you've never noticed it and you go back and listen to it, you'll <laughs> never be able to unlisten to it. <laughs> so with my apologies, but you have had, you know, almost 30 years to enjoy it. So. <laughs> if it's time to it face, now. <laughs> it's time to face the facts. <laughs> and he kind of makes a reference here to joint to joint where he didn't really like the people that he was having intimate yeah. relationships with. Come and make love when you really hate them. Yeah. Come and make love when you really hate them. And now he's going to put that behind him because relationships based on the physical are over and done. Relationships based on the physical are over and done. Yep. And this commitment to monogamy. You'd rather have fun with only one. Uh, and he uh. repeats it over and over and over. We mentioned that line at two minutes and 50 seconds when he says, then it hits you like a fist on a wall. Uh-huh. At two minutes and 50 seconds, there's the sound effect. Okay. That you can also hear at four minutes and eight seconds on the very end of the album on Emancipation. Very same sound effect is used to close the album out. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really very overtly Christian. Uh Uh-huh. Says Jesus, God. Oh, yeah. He has to give himself permission to even admit it and sing it where he says, go on, say it. Uh Uh-huh. Those questions that he asks about who gave you life when there was none at all, who gave the sun permission to rise up every day, which is a sweet way of thinking about creation. Sure. But then we get a little bit of pennies from heaven. Belief will keep you happy and proud to call his name Jesus. Keeping you happy and proud to Uh, you know, we've talked about this before. Happy is an emotion, not a state of being. And right. Prince related this to his professional life and understood that in White Mansion. Yeah. It seems like maybe he has not quite come to that 
realization in his personal life just yet. Yeah, there were very limited periods of time where he was fully committed to, you know, something that is white and everything else is black or vice versa. Right. There's this definitely a vacillation between the two. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. That's part of being human. Yes. Man, the when I was talking about the 70s worthy falsetto when he sings what I think is the chorus of the song at three minutes and 33 seconds. Yeah, we finally get a chorus. Yeah. Really beautifully sung, that is for sure. It is. And um, I've read people pretty emphatically saying that the Holy River is an allegory for virginity, specifically Maite's. And I definitely think that that's kind of part of it, but it's also layered. I think it's maybe even more so about baptism because yeah, he's. What water is. Right. And that's yeah. a. Uh, particularly for evangelical Christians, baptism is this very distinct and important rite of passage. Required. Yes. Right? Um, and it's it's paramount. And I think he's kind of referring to he and Maite committing to one another as sort of baptism and a connection with God, that they're, the two of them are, their love for one another is an honor to God. Mm-hmm. But... It, there's still kind of that mysticism. Um, if you die before you try, you'll have to come back and face the light. Like if you don't get it right in this life, you have to come back and do it again. Do it all so, over which again. is not yeah. a Christian idea. Yeah. That is very true. I mean, I think you're right on all those accounts. And then an even simpler alternative meeting for the Holy River was this place that was theirs and theirs alone, mm-hmm. right? This yes, this very is... private place. It's where I went and proposed to uh-huh. the woman that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Right. And a lot of pressure, again, on this relationship. There's this love and connection. It's the baptism. It's the cure for his sadness that he'd looked four from outside sources before mm-hmm. I asked her to marry me and she said yes and cried. Mm-hmm. Oh, that night I drowned in her tears and mine instead of a glass of sorrow and So he'd been looking for relief in substances and other people. He's found it in her. Again, that's a lot of pressure to put on a romantic relationship. Sure. Especially a young adult woman. I mean, she was like 23. She wasn't... Yeah. She was a young person still. Yeah, I mean, he was 150% older than her. By my math. Yeah. I think what he's saying at four minutes and 24 seconds is no regrets. Looking back, y'all, I don't miss nothing except the time. Mm -hmm. Like he wishes he could go back and just relive that moment over and over again. Looking back, y'all, I don't miss nothing except 
accept the time. Not that he wants the time back or that he regrets spending that time doing this. It kind of comes off that way to me, but I don't think that's what he means. I think to me, it's more like he wishes he'd married Maite five years earlier. Oh. Like as soon as she was 18, he wishes that he had not wasted time after she was a person who was capable of making a adult decision like that and he hadn't wasted time with other people. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's an entire album of Carmen Electra that we got I mean, as a result <laughs> of this. So it was part of the plan, you know? If you say so. <laughs> uh, we get kind of a natural end mm-hmm. at four minutes and 59 seconds, but then it keeps going. Yeah, that well, I think it's notable too at that moment that his voice is somewhat trembling when he repeats, let's go down to the Holy River three uh-huh. times and can just sort of barely get let's through it on the last time. Let's go down to the Holy River. Let's go down to the Holy River. Let's go down to the Holy River. And then you get this guitar, another guitar solo. Right, which is excellent. It is excellent. Um, Very heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Yes, lots of emotion mm-hmm. in a, just an audio recording where you can't see mm-hmm. his face, but you can definitely hear it in the, in the performance when he's done delivering lyrics. Yeah, by the time I got here, I was like, that's two pretty solid songs uh-huh. and uh, a lot of emotion, unexpected direction changes, and I'm like, wow, okay, at least half of disc two was worth the investment in time now. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm fully on board. And we... Kind of comes to an end with some computery sounds. Yeah. Uh, once again, interesting. Harken back to uh, 1999 and other things. Then he goes immediately from proposing to let's have a family. Yeah, you said it. I mean, uh, for, yeah, let's have a baby is the next track. We should say so. Um, yes. Yeah, that's this, and this is not just uh, like in the tracking of this disc. This was like, according to Prince Vault, Prince played Maite this following their wedding reception on Valentine's Day 1996. So they're finally married, and it's a lot of stuff to put on your new bride on a wedding night Uh where, you know, it's time for the two of you, really. Uh-huh. There should be a little bit of time for that, right? Uh-huh. Unless they feel like they've already had that. Wow. Or maybe this was it was already happening. It's I mean, possible. Yeah. It, that might have been the impetus for the wedding. Though, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know Don't that. know. But, but either way, I will say a lot of pressure if it wasn't happening already. But it was um, at least a recorded commitment to seeing it through as a husband and a father and a happiness. Like uh-huh. see it in movies all the time, right? I'm, I'm pregnant and are you mad? And uh-huh. the, the guy is always like, how could I possibly be mad? Uh-huh. This is this is Prince's rom-com without yeah. the com. It's just rom. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So the liner notes on this one are after the reception, she took one look at the crib 
and he pushed the button marked play nine months later, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, so the idea is they got married, they conceived a child, uh-huh. and of course at this point, you know, it was a prediction that the baby would come nine right. months later, but he apparently had a room set up with a crib in it to surprise her. Yeah. Well, maybe this is something she asked for, too. Like, well, I want to have a family. Yeah, and or may- I, it was kind of a thing that seemed like he'd always wanted that, like he'd envisioned that for his life, though he wasn't ready for it. Yeah, I don't think he was ever ready for it. Well, but but him with he did have a strong connection with children. You kind of saw it in the Diamonds and Pearls video, Mm -hmm. doing fundraisers for children with disabilities. There was definitely a appreciation for children. I don't know if it was a an understanding of what it takes to have children and raise them, and the commitment it takes to to do that. And there was a daycare right near Paisley yeah, Park that the, he yep. supported and yep. would go Still and there. like do things and you know yeah, I mean how cool. cool is that yeah so I mean but yeah I mean it's one thing to go over to the daycare and play some music or play with the kids for a little bit and oh I'd love to have children oh, it's, a, it's a very different sort of yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can ever like fully understand what it takes to do it until you've been through it, uh-huh. you know, in his defense. But this seems like a, uh, you know, diving headfirst into what could be very shallow waters. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how the song starts, too. It's kind of a ticking clock, mm-hmm. um, but it's also almost a lullaby quality That's about exact, it. I did, yeah, I heard lullaby. Yeah. You know? But it's it's interesting that he could make that ticking clock something that was sort of appealing. But, I mean, here he is, a man in his 30s, mid to late 30s. And, you know, I guess he kind of started feeling like his clock was ticking. Yeah, to be to be a dad. I mean, certainly he could have fathered children well, whenever. But, yes, yeah. but if you're going to have the energy and fortitude and, mm-hmm. all, you know, be able to handle the nights of little sleep, which of course he was well accustomed to already, though it was always on his own schedule. Oh, and it doing, wasn't... doing what he wanted to do. Right. Which, you know, is right. different than a getting up for a baby child. because they're hungry. Yes. Or interrupting your recording session mm-hmm. because your baby is crying. Oh, let's be honest. Nobody was going to interrupt princess <laughs> recording session. That's what my tay and nannies were for. Okay. But um, yes, very sweet piano, a very pretty falsetto. Mm-hmm. The very pretty ways of putting things, too, I would say. Like at 49 seconds, he's saying, I've been thinking about this with you for a while by singing, So long have I gazed into your eyes, wondering what they'd look like on a newborn child. So long. Wondering what they look like on a newborn child. That's very, very sweet. All these other things put aside. If that was something he thought of when he looked at her, mm-hmm. it's incredibly sweet. It, it is. It is very sweet. A little superficial, also though. Like to just think of what their child would look like, oh. and not kind of. 
who your child might be. Yeah, but I think eyes tell more truth than like a body. That's you fair. know that type of thing. You see, you 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 look into someone's eyes to see deep within them. So I think that's where. Yeah. He was headed in that direction. Anyway. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I mean the same thing with the voice, right? I've listened to your voice, wondering what it would sound like coming from a girl or a boy. So uh-huh. I think that's also credit here. Doesn't matter gender of the baby. Right. So Listen to your voice. Wondering what it will sound like coming from a girl or a boy. Isn't that wasn't what was important. It was just like to hear you embodied in someone that we both make together. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's a very sweet and sad in hindsight because he does seem to have this desire for parenthood and he never really got to experience that in a joyful way. Nope. Except while she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. When he sings joy, how, how just the thought of such things can bring you so much joy at one minutes and 40 seconds. That's an incredible note that Mm -hmm. is hit there. How just the thought of such things can bring you so much joy. It's a very sweet, simple, to the point ballad. It's just yeah. I mean, very and pretty I think and it kind. Could, it could also be an answer to something that they had discussed. So maybe it wasn't the the pressure cooker that we make of it. Hearing and here, like holy crap, I've never heard yeah. Prince say that. You know, he's threatened to marry someone before in a song, <laughs> but, but he's never jumped in. Head first like this. Um, I will also say credit for some surprising deference at two minutes and 14 seconds. He has laid out his hopes, what he's been thinking of, his plans and his dreams for a baby and a family, but makes a point of saying, I'm leaving it up to you. I'll do what you want to do. As long as you understand you're my woman and I'm your man. together in this which i thought was very rare lyrically for prince to say i've told you what's in my heart but you get to make a decision but no matter what your decision is we're together oh and that's sweet and not true i'm just saying (laughs) it's there and it's worth well Yes. I mean, because the doctors, after doing scans, wanted to do an amniocentesis. And Maite was, has indicated that she was considering it, and Prince said no. Yeah. So, I, not that it would have been easier or better. Well, maybe he was know. like, again, like this blind devotion to a higher be- being and a plan. Like, I don't want doctors interfering with... Whatever's happened or is mm-hmm. going to happen, right. we don't have a right to right. you know, mess with those plans. Right. And I guess they, uh, the doctors at one point thought that the baby was had a form of dwarfism. And they, to their credit, they both looked at each other and like, whatever. 
you know, yeah. they didn't know yeah. what was coming. Sure, sure. It might have been a little easier for them to weather as a couple had they known, though, that there yeah. was uh, what the complications could be. Yep. We, uh, I mean, we always identify a time capsule at some point in right. our episodes, right? And it does make me wonder, you know, when this happens, it doesn't seem that long ago to me, but we're nearly three decades forward in medical technology. What could have been seen or done uh-huh. or known, you know, right. today versus 1996 right. is probably vastly different. Sure. I did want to point out some kind of cute singing intonations like at two minutes and 46 seconds the way he sings a baby sitting right by my side and it's like uh-huh. shard i'm thinking about a little baby sitting right by my side <laughs> that kind of thing i mean he's he's into it for the song at the very least sure and well. um also Vocals and pianos kind of cascading at three minutes and 12 seconds when he says, If you really love me, baby, if you can find the time. If you really love me, baby, if you can find the time, I can't wait no more. You know, just kind of putting himself out there in still a very Prince way i think he has no expectations of being turned down here either right um but just very um you know for who he was at this time and being this committed to Uh something like this is still certainly noteworthy and it's just unfortunate that we know how it turned out right well it's not unfortunate that we know the way it turned out is it's unfortunate, unfor- right? Yes. And it's it gives the song a different quality. It does knowing how things changed for them. Yeah. Um, and then we have a, a song of some unrealistic expectations. Savior, spelt the British way. Yeah, by the way. I, I really wondered that. I'm like, who who named it that and saved it that uh, spelled it that way? Because both are correct, right? But right. with a U, it is. That is British English, uh-huh. for sure. For sure. The liner notes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the last songs to be recorded with Michael B., Sonny T., and Tommy Barbarella as regular band members. Yeah, I of course, listening to this without Prince Vault back in the day, without that knowledge either, because mm-hmm. that wasn't really specified, you know, in the album artwork. Right. But once you listen to Damned If I Do mm-hmm. and also Sarah from The Vault, Old Friends for Sale, which also came from these sessions, boy, do they sound like they're cut from the same cloth. And this entire song to me sounds like a brother or sister, not even a cousin, to Three Chains of Gold. Mm-hmm. It is very rock opera, very dramatic you know, big sound. For sure. Big band type yes. sound. Never did you give me a reason to doubt you, baby. You are my destiny, and this I truly see. Never did you ever give me reason to doubt you, baby. You are my destiny, and this I truly see. I guess uh, his sane twin in Dreaming About You was just paranoid. 
because he... Well, Christy, Christy, Christy. <laughs> that was a different prince, and he does not need to apologize oh, or make geez. excuses for that because mm-hmm. that is a different person altogether. Uh, and then the, this is me, and I get that this is like just me, but uh, whenever I look into your eyes, I can see a paradise. I only ever hear pair of dice, like <laughs> snake eyes. Oh, well, again, I think here's another example of like what it means, like looking into your eyes. You're focused on this particular part sure. of a human that um, you have this deep connection with. I did think the chorus is very, again, unique from a prince level, like putting him on the same, or I should say putting a partner on the same level as him and saying, you are my partner, Mm -hmm. you are my equal. Right. We come from the same, you know, atoms. Yeah. um, Is unique. Yeah. Two petals from the same flower, two branches from the same tree. I can see you like two petals from the Again, he thinks he wants this sameness, and yet the sameness is a difficult to achieve. Mm -hmm. You don't, and also not exciting enough. Yeah, there was never going to be. Uh, any one person that could fulfill all of this, right. whether they be the polar opposite of Prince or someone like Maite, who, you know, he equates to a sister. Right. You know, well, or a, yeah. a split she was, soul. She was very different to him, I think. Well, sure. She was a she, young she was woman. A child, yeah. yes, when they met. So. Well, and a fan also, yeah. you know? Yeah. And again, so much pressure to put on a relationship. You're my savior. You're all I ever need. It's a faded love, but it's an almost impossible standard to live up to. Yeah. But that's what, like, in the prince world would be required to, you know, take a man like him and turn him into a husband. Right. Um, yeah. You know, that was a beyond, supernatural yeah. almost right. situation. Yeah. yeah Compatibility beyond what anyone else would expect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mentioned three chains of gold. It's also very diamonds and pearls sounding at three minutes and four seconds. You get Michael Bland's drums and Prince's guitar, and there's just some horns on it too, but it does sound like an extension of that same MPG band that Prince found a huge amount of success with in the early 90s. (laughs) A little before that, like a minute and 35, I used to say, no one lover could have me. That was before my eyes had seen the light. He's a reformed playboy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He was yeah. literally hadn't seen the light, didn't know better 
Again, no. he was a he was somebody who uh, you can't really get mad at him because he's not that person anymore. But there is a very nice choir of princes mm-hmm. at that throughout this entire throughout song, the whole really. Thing. And that particular spot, I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, after that diamonds and pearls kind of break at three minutes and 32 seconds, there's kind of this raw, oh, mm-hmm. singing that is not falsetto, but he still, of course, nails it. Yeah, and there's really cool keys under there, yeah. too. Three fifty six. There are these hand claps and mm. really heavy drum beats, and it really—you mentioned like a rock opera. It does sound like that. It's also got kind of a musical feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Very like the glam slam Ulysses kind sure. of thing, yes. which was also in development during this whole time. Yeah, and I thought. After that whole section, it takes a different spin at four minutes and 36 seconds and gets into a very beautiful, strange direction. Mm. You can hear beautiful, strange in this song Mm -hmm. completely with these kind of whining guitars and the way the drums kind of kind of take a step back from this overpowerful Michael B. drum sound. Sure. Yes, and you mentioned that section with all this instrumentation, and it's so enjoyable, and I feel like this is what I wanted from the stretching out of songs mm-hmm. Oh yeah, on the first disc, where we had these like codas that were really felt tacked on mostly in the first disc to True. get to that 60 minutes. This is immersive and feels like a part of the song. Yeah. Like it was, instead of being added onto, this feels like the full version, whereas other ones felt like they were the full version with something tacked on. This feels like a full version that might be edited down for a single. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at five minutes and 11 seconds, we get this big build with guitars and Prince screaming, particularly around five minutes and 25 seconds. Just this very crescendo, crescendo kind of ending to the song. It builds and builds and builds, and then you know cuts yeah. off and stops, and you get this echo a little bit at the end. Yeah, yeah, it cuts off with a scream and it like a fade guitar real fast. It's so it's really good. It is. It is. Then we have a short instrumental po- song, "The Plan." Yeah, I mean, I call this an interlude. Sure. This might be the reason that you don't have songs on disc two that have these little codas at the end because this mm-hmm. this is the gap filler. Or, exactly. I mean, but the liner notes say, first came the best man, 
then came the groom, then the Reverend Johnson. So it's almost like he's suggesting this is the walk down the aisle music. The processional kinds right. of things. He didn't, yes. didn't go for here comes the bride. Yeah, you don't say. Yeah. 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 You think that's Kirk Johnson who served as pastor? Mm, maybe. That's what I always thought. Yeah. Um, a slightly longer version would be included on Karma Sutra just three months later. Yep. Pretty piano and a right channel, some interesting horn-like keys. Yeah, and credit to Prince Vault again, but they point out that while all the songs from Kama Sutra were, you know, orchestral and had additional players, this seems to be a mostly solo performance, mm-hmm. you know, Prince and a piano, synth pads, that kind of stuff. It mm-hmm. sounded... N- to me, less like a processional and more like music effects from the interactive CD-ROM as you kind of clicked your way around and tried to figure out your way through Prince's joint. Yep. Yep. And then there are other keys that are horn-like, but a little more piercing. Yeah. Almost. Mm -hmm. Almost a little like Black Sweat, but not quite there. Yeah. It's that same. You hear those in joint to joint, too. Uh We didn't really talk about them quite too much, but there are those piercing. Right. They're more subdued, mm-hmm. but they're there. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I found this to just be, it's an interlude. Sure. It's a part which, of the story. Which is also fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind that. Like, either put them all together in one orchestral or instrumental or something area instead of tacking on a bunch of minute or two that don't make sense with the song. Yeah. And then it does kind of almost sound at the end, like a minute and 15 seconds, like an orchestra warming up, but a little more organized. Sure. It's sort of interesting that it's a little, it's like messy, but in a very Mm -hmm. interesting way. But also just one guy. Sure. And then the final song on the album... They're looking forward to well, a life on, on the disc. Oh, on the, to be I'm fair. sorry. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. On the disc, right. on the second album of the three album set. Yes, this disc. Looking forward to a life together, friend, lover, sister, mother, slash wife. Right, right. So I think that was like, you know, kind of the progression of his realization of who he viewed her as. Sure. First day. Friend, uh huh. Then, of course, a lover, right? Which was kind of the pattern that he was stuck in. I think he would say, with all of his previous relationships, first never got much further than a lover, right? Then seeing her more as a sister, a sibling, uh-huh. a twin, almost. Uh huh. I think that's it. I think it's more like a like a bonded connection. Yeah. That's deeper than a lover Mm -hmm. and then the mother wife I think you have to be careful with a little bit because he didn't see her as his mother this isn't some kind of reversed Freudian relationship no no he just saw her as the one person who was fitted to be the mother of his children sure as his wife right but I think it's interesting mother slash wife yeah not a comma there would be no wife unless she was going to become a mother. Oh, that's true. That's that's my interpretation of it, okay. is that mother-wife go together. There's no reason to be a wife unless you're going to be a mother in, in this particular relationship okay. for uh, them. Yeah, yeah. And then, again, with the caveat that 
you would think, I know she was a young woman at this point, but hopefully she knew what she was getting into, right? This is a yeah. very eccentric person, a very wealthy person, gets what he wants until he's ready to move on. And so I would think that his expectations of her would probably be something that she would be aware of. Right. I mean, she'd known him for years at this point. Yeah. So I don't think that any of that was coming as a real surprise. Yeah. At least to start. Uh, Liner notes written in Tokyo while she slept, recorded in secrecy and showcased at the reception first dance. Well, I mean, what else would Prince give her as a gift but a song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one to me, well, I've got some issues with it, but I've got fewer (laughs) issues with it than the pressure of let's have a baby. Sure. Even though mother-wife implies that already too, but this is definitely a progression of their relationship and a recapping of it in ways that um, hopefully didn't upset her. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, let's... I mean, I'll just say, call me a cynic, but its foundation, lyrical foundation, is sort of an excuse parade. (laughs) I only held hands or slept with those women so that I could be prepared to be a partner to you. Sounds like a there 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 is nothing more sounded like some dumb man's excuse (laughs) than that. Well, honey, Uh I only did that because I was looking for you. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's it's easy to be a cynic like that, but then again, I think you know us saying like he's seen the light now, right? He's turned away from the glass of sorrow and wine, so he has to frame this some way. He can't deny. Yeah, that who he's been as other a partners. rock star for right. you know almost twenty years at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, and then he he kind of has a bit of a humble brag. I needed time to cross the others off my list. I needed time to cross the others off my list. Like he had a list of women that wanted to be with him and wanted to have this particular position with him and he rejected them and he chose her. Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah, I just don't know like when we were married, would I would I want you to have like the first things you hear from me as your husband to be <laughs> I've done it with other I'm people. I'm going to take this moment to recognize <laughs> all the people I've slept with prior to right now. <laughs> But hey, these are different cats. Sure, sure. And he, I mean, maybe he wrote this knowing that she was going to be moved by it. Right. We don't know the right. conversations they had. I would think that that would be part of, hey, if we're going to be together, uh, you have to recognize that. Hopefully you don't walk into a relationship with Prince or someone like Prince not being aware Right, that, that he's had a history. He's played the field some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is very romantic to say that he needs her as the love of my life, just like he needs air, food, yeah. and water. Yeah, essence to be. Air, food, water. 
But again, a lot of pressure to put on one relationship. Yeah. You, my young thing, uh-huh. are everything. Yeah. And since you are everything, let me once again bring up uh-huh. the <laughs> fact that if I ever shared a bed, it was only because I wanted to live up what people said. So. Uh-huh. He wanted to, he's now yeah, reframing pressure. this to, <laughs> I slept with all these women because I heard what people thought about me and I had to live up to that expectation. Somehow. People expected me to sleep with a lot of women. So yeah, I only did, did it. I, have, yeah, I only did it because people expected it. Yeah. So again, beautiful. This is a very pretty song. The, the overall, you know, nobody... Very few people get married without some history with other with others, right? right? So, you know, that's okay to say I was finding my way to you. Uh-huh. Great. But to get so, so detailed <laughs> with very specific. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe unnecessary. And then um, we get this, it's sweet that he's sad he ever made her cry. Yeah. But he doesn't exactly admit to it. Yeah, if, if I ever. <laughs> if I ever made you <laughs> yes. cry. All I have to do is think about it, and I just want to die. If I ever made you cry. All I have to do is think about it. I just want to die. And it's a little bit like in this bed I scream with the yes. whole I feel it worse. Right. Yeah, My... if I ever did you one small wrong, no one suffered more than me. Right. Yeah. Which is, I get that it's kind of sweet yep. to be like, I feel so bad about whatever, even the most minor hurt that I've caused you. Yep. But it's also a, don't don't punish me because I'm already punished. That's right. I've already been through it. Now we can move on. Uh huh. Right. I've like, dealt with this. Starting. You need to now. move on. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he whispers, "Please don't ever leave me." Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. hindsight, a little. It's sad. almost too bird's eye view. Like he is seeing. Everything, his past, his present, what he wants in the future, and how scared he is to lose this feeling that he has now, being completely infatuated and under, not the spell, because that wasn't it, but he was fully committed, and that he did not want to lose that. But it's almost way too, you know, 10,000, 50,000 feet in the Uh sky, where I think where you want to be on your wedding is... In the moment. In the moment. You know, yes. Like we've, you toast and, you know, it's a, especially if yeah. you write your own vows, you know, you tell a little bit of the story of how you came, how your lives became intertwined. But I also don't think I would want to look at you at our wedding and kiss you and say, well, please don't ever leave me. <laughs> like, like, God, what kind of needy freak did I just <laughs> Oh, but we get really fun twangy guitars. And then at four minutes, we get this kind of Baroque lute lyre sort of instrument again. 
took me back to Curious Child. Oh, do you have PTCC? Uh-huh. Most traumatic like, Curious Child. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, as much as I really want to, you know, hone in on the Romeo and Juliet thing of Curious Child. Okay. The, just the fact that he pulled some of that instrumentation from that song out of that into this song using something so similar sounding gives me the heebie-jeebies just a little bit. Okay. In his defense, I will say, you know, he's got this history of recording, moving on, recording, moving on, and then putting songs together that sound like they they do work. I don't think he ever really, to with few exceptions, made an album with the idea of this is an album starting now, and then I just recorded the last song for it, and now it's done. You know, because like I said, you've got three chains of gold and diamonds and pearls parts that are in two songs ago. Sure. So that did happen, but... If you're traumatized by by one of it, I can see how it could hurt to hear it again. Well, and then he even says that he sees the eyes of the child of his child mm. in her, and her smile is sweet like a baby. So I know that's also sort of a reference to let's have a baby, mm-hmm. but it also kind of feels like you're sweet like a child. And he literally had a song that was a little troubling called Curious okay. Child. Yeah. Okay. But perhaps there is some honesty here. When sure. he found her, vice versa, she literally was not an adult. Right. Yes, but she's an adult now. Yeah. Let's maybe not bring that bit up. <laughs> Don't Again, have, don't have we to don't need, say everything, man. We don't, we don't have to talk about all the people we've held hands with or all the people we've slept with or how you were a literal child when I met you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. How about let's focus on let's start a life together and uh-huh. together we're, we're going to accomplish this. Sure. These are our hopes and dreams. So I did like at five minutes and 34 seconds, as opposed to friend, lover, sister, mother, wife, reframe again, teacher, healer. Mm-hmm. Feeler, sight for sore eyes. Give me that over friend, sister, friend, lover, sister, mother, wife. Really, any day. I think this is much more Uh, truth. Well, much more about a partnership. Yeah. About I mean, this is what like, you mean to me, yeah. not just this is who you've been to me up to this point. Yeah. And like giving her credit as teacher, like you've helped me realize that my past life was the wrong way. Uh-huh. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Healer, everything that made me feel sad and made me turn to. Whatever it may be, alcohol or uh-huh. poor behavior, you have helped me fix. Right. Feeler, you share the emotions that I do, mm-hmm. right? And sight for sore eyes, I think of him being away and coming home and just the anticipation of seeing the person that you want to spend your life with, but you're committed to other things and that's how life is. Mm-hmm. And we will come back together and it will be okay. To yeah. me, that's way more 
romantic and almost the story he's trying to tell. Like he almost missed the point of this whole story somehow. <laughs> like he got it at the end, but Very, like yes, not not right. enough to like that's fix right. it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. yeah. And that, but then you have this, you know, it's really sweet that it was for Maytay. The refrain at six minutes and 25 seconds is, Te amo, I love you in yeah. Spanish. I just now see, I can't hear that without hearing a song from 3121. Tiamo Corazon, uh-huh. and he's with a completely different person right. at that point. So the meaning there is maybe less impactful for me. But yes, he does repeat that over and over again in Spanish. Right. But I mean, at this time in 1996. Okay. The, sure. We didn't was, know about 2006 at right. this point. That was, that was for her. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And then it ends with these kind of air sounds and ocean sounds because yeah. she is literally air and water. water to him. Yeah. Yeah. For, I don't know, I think I've been fairly critical of the obvious visuals and sounds of, you know, we don't need the woman uh-huh. wearing the raspberry colored hat in the raspberry and a raspberry beret performance. But here it does feel like less filler, even though it's like 30 seconds or so of ocean waves and you know we've talked about the holy spirit and baptism and water mm-hmm. all this stuff it feels like a fitting way to end disc two to me yeah i'm on board i i'm on board too and it almost has like a honeymoon feel to it as true well. yeah this we like, are here we are, for... yeah this mm-hmm. is the marriage song and now we're going to go honeymoon and things yeah. and you know, I wonder how Maite felt about such a personal song being included because this was a gift to her on yeah. their wedding and then he put it on an album. Yeah. Yeah. She um, got it first. She so. she got it first, but I I always kinda wonder like Yeah, would you I have mean, rather that been just for the two of just, you? There may be others though also, you know, for that sure. were just for the two of them that sure. we aren't aware of. Sure. It was also not the first time Prince's ended an album with water sounds. We had ocean waves and this kind of stuff all throughout Come. Mm-hmm. The end of Love Sexy after Positivity ended with, you know, running water, mm-hmm. babbling brook type stuff. So this wasn't a new concept or something that you hadn't heard before on right. a Prince album. All right, we did it. We made it all the way through disc two. God, I feel bad for being like critical. These oh. are like this. So it was their relationship, right? It's not. It's really none of our business. But it was opened up to be our business by releasing it on an album. So I feel bad for being critical, but I'd feel worse if I wasn't looking at it with like you know kind some of a, honesty, a, a crooked, yeah, eye or something. <laughs> But we're going to make our selections for the entire disc. We didn't make any selections last time. So for the full 12 songs of disc two of Emancipation, we are going to choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released, which it was all released. The C, the low point, and the mountain, the high point. It's been so long since we've done this. I know. It seems like. Yeah. The time capsule for me is this faded love with Maite and the idea of settling down and also the 
not exactly able to say things in a right what the right way in a way that's really honoring is also very prince at this time maybe all time but certainly at this time with friend lover sister mother wife at the end of this disc is the time capsule for me same here okay i mean i felt like he was trying to like i almost i wonder if he wishes like i wish i'd held on to a door go back and listen to a door uh-huh and tell me if that isn't maybe even more fitting, you know, at least from a, this is, I don't know. I think Prince had, he was known, right, for sort of writing or the reputation of writing what women want to hear to uh-huh. a degree. Sure. And I don't know if that really happened with his wedding song for yeah. Maite. I mean, it was personal and certainly was about them, but maybe a little... TMI. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, his complete infatuation with her and making their marriage and expecting a baby very, very public when uh-huh. it could have been much more private uh-huh. um, was definitely a time capsule. And even like the Oprah appearance and them being together, it was uh, it was a sign of the times for 1996, no doubt. Yep. The C uh, for me is there's too many ballads. On disc two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Curious Child's Questionable Lyrics is a close second. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. But uh, too many ballads. I wish there had been a a little more relationship joy or or some of the angst that we saw be presented in a more fun way. Okay. Not that ballads aren't, can't be fun or interesting or good, but there were too many of them for me. There were a lot. It's a tough thing to judge when you split a disc that's, you know, one third of an album and we split it in half. Uh huh. So I'm going to say to a degree that's sort of part of it. If you look at it, you know, story arc. Right. Three parts and this sort of middle part is sort of the love story sure. thing. Then it makes sense. But I, I hear you. And especially with, you know, not quite being sure if you can step your toe in the water of Curious Child and feel good about it. Right. Plus, I always want to say Curious George. (laughs) Um, That's not my C, though. Mine was, you know, I found it to be an easy choice, also an easy thing to lop off the disc and not miss the plan. It was an interlude. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with it, and certainly there's no nothing to really object to. You know, it was a. It was filler. It was filler, but it was a meaningful filler. If that's mm-hmm. the song that he walked down the aisle with his bride, um, or it is the walk down the aisle in this story of the disc song, whether or not they actually did. Yeah, I believe. I don't have any reason to doubt it. But again, it was so I can see like he's opening up, and maybe that's a little bit of maturity. Like the mystique of Prince is sort of unveiled through mm-hmm. here a little bit and maybe you like what you see maybe you don't but um, I just thought you know if there's something I could give myself an emancipation dectomy mm-hmm. on this disc it would be the plan and I wouldn't lose much a minute okay. and 40 something seconds okay all right uh, the mountain for me it was the holy river because it's so catchy it's stuck in my head mm-hmm. um, and it is sort of a stab at redemption even though it's got some flaws it is a 
I it's a story arc mm-hmm. of growth. True. I, I can get behind that. In in that song, the story arc of growth in friend, lover, sister, mother, wife. I don't appreciate as much, but that one I I enjoy. It was very close to me between the Holy River and Joint to Joint. Mm-hmm. But because the Holy River is so connected to his relationship with Maite, and it's almost a time capsule, if I think of it, in the framework of the rules that sure. someone set up for this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going with joint to joint okay. because, um, I mean, there's not a lot of, like, there's good material on this disc, right? But there's not a lot that I would say that goes into classic material for Prince if I was going to make a collection of songs that are just unique. Sure. Um, I would put Joint to Joint on it. It's weird and it takes twists and turns. It has distinctive parts. It's experimental with the tap performance Mm -hmm. like you've never heard that before. Sure. And again, I go back to 99 giving probably the best guest rap on a Prince album ever. Yeah. Um, maybe that's emphasized more by the complete crap that was in part <laughs> of Chaos and Disorder. Um, not mentioning any names, but I want to give credit there too. You know, he welcomed a female rapper who was unknown to come be on the album he was born to make. That says more to me than if I ever held a hand, it was only because I never held your hand. So right. give me joint to joint for the mountain. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, that is it for today. We'll be back at you with part one of disc three of Emancipation next time. Until then, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for sticking with us. Yes, props and pounds. Prince says, and I quote, once again, when the money gets tossed, never going to see MPG floss. Never mind. This is not the right part. Oh. One dirty bive, dive bar, bive bar, bive dar, bive dar. Uh-huh. One dirty bot. <laughs> you just enunciated it wrong even harder. Then we have a very short, uh, not acoustic. Where there's no lyrics. What's the word for that? Instrumental. <laughs> Instrumental. <laughs>